So uh, a year down the road, you start a band. Like I was on it. You learned the, uh, the bass guitar? Yeah. Stay away from the limelight. That's still being it. You always prefer to kind of like, like the idea of being a bass player always appealed to you because of that. <clears throat> you can kind of just sit back and let things happen. And when you do step up and play, people are like, holy shit. I never knew you had that in you. Yeah. You learned it from a guy named uh, Peter Storms. So you, uh, you actually get pretty good in the next year or so. So you start a band. It's called... Um, the vampire gang. And what it is, is it's uh it's you. It's like an all girl band. You're playing bass. You got a uh, a drummer. There's um a lead singer. Lead singer, lead guitarist, rhythm guitarist. It's a, it's a pretty big band. Keyboard player. Yeah. And a hype person. Yeah, there's a hype man. Uh it's the only Hype uh, woman. It's the only man. <laughs> it's the only man that's in the or, group. You yeah. thought about having a hype woman, but when you no. had like the auditions, this guy just killed it. Yeah. He was really good at it. Yeah. His name is uh, Chet Lightning. <laughs> yeah. And when Chet Lightning enters the room, he always goes says the same thing. He walks in and he goes, "Hey, it's me, a Chet Lightning." And I melt instantly. Yeah, you're kind of into this guy a yeah. little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, so you guys perform together and stuff. Uh, the vampire gang and the gimmick is that you guys all have like a vampire makeup on yeah and like fangs and stuff like that the drummer actually files her teeth down to like actual fangs right it is not worth it no so uh you guys are like kind of playing around town and stuff like that and things are starting to kind of take off for you guys yeah like things Your are fans going are like dressing like us yeah like your fans show up and uh they dress just like you guys do so they dress up uh, as vampires. Um, if you change anything about your appearance, like they'll like update their cosplay stuff. Like they're like they notice the smallest things. If I get a zit, they get a zit. Absolutely. There's there was one time uh, you uh, accidentally banged your like elbow right before you went up. Yeah. You're like ah oh, shit, but whatever. And you go up there and you look out to the crowd and everyone's rubbing their elbow. Yeah, it's just like they knew they had the bruise on there too. They're ready, dude. Yeah. Like, like they're like fucking into it. So you guys are uh, playing around town, and again, stuff is starting to go like really, really good for you. Uh, and then uh, one time, you guys uh, were playing, and um, you were like, "Ah, oh, man, I'm just gonna go grab a, a bottle of water for we, you know, the next number." And uh, you go off stage to grab the water, and the stage collapses, and everyone in the band dies except you. Mm -hmm. So your music career yeah. is kind of over at that point. Uh, and you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. Like, I feel like I, there's like something I should be doing, but I'm not doing it. And not alone, for sure. For sure, yeah. Because you're like, I had all I'm these- supposed to be with everyone that the I vampire grew up gang. with. Yeah. Yes. So you don't really know how to handle it. So uh, you go to sleep that night, you fall asleep. The last thing you hear is like the honk of like a clown's nose. You come to, uh, you're kind of in this like all white room. It's not really a room. It's almost as I'm if- I'm just a minimalist of a clown. Well, yeah, you're like, you're, you're float. It's almost like you're, you're floating in like nothingness, but your feet are touching ground that it is not there. You're in a room with no walls. Yeah, it's abstract. You look up and standing in front of you is this guy. He's like nine feet tall. Uh, he's dressed like a clown. He's uh, holding a balloon and the balloon uh, has your face on it. 
And he goes, uh, hello, Nikita. My name is Dreamy Dan, ruler of the dreamscape. Dreamy Dan who looks exactly like me? No, no, no. He looks like a giant clown. And then the balloon has your face on it. Oh, that's what has my face on it. Yeah, and he goes, enjoy. The balloon pops. And you have this like weird dream. You don't remember any details of it. But when you wake up, you're like inspired to write about this dream. You're inspired to like write a script. So you write Write this about a giant clown man and my face popping in a balloon. Will you incorporate that into the movie? That's the the muse that strikes me. (laughs) Yeah. The the movie is about uh, the forbidden love between uh, an Uber driver and a Lyft driver. In two separate cars? Yeah. And like throughout, it's kind of like a romantic comedy, but like throughout every once in a while, uh, when the characters fall asleep. How did they ever meet? They met because... Uh, they both there was a, there was a guy who uh, he called a, a Lyft driver mm-hmm. and Lyft driver took along so he canceled the Lyft driver and he called Uber driver instead and the Lyft driver was so uh, her character name is um, Antoinette and sounds An- like my Lyft driver last night yeah. Antoinette Billings and she's so pissed off about this with people canceling on her that she decides you know I'm gonna drive and I'm gonna give this person a piece of my mind and the Uber driver shows up Ryan. Pounds. Mm. Sounds hot. His father, he is. This guy, six foot two, eyes of blue. Yeah. It's 187. Dude, this guy's got abs on his abs. There's abs on his neck. This guy is, it's Babe City. He's vigilant. He's always looking around. So, uh, basically, what happens is uh, they both show up at the same time. And uh, it starts off with them like arguing, and then they just like fall in love. But again, it's like forbidden and stuff, just because. Because it's Uber and Lyft. Yeah. And they're both going public this week. And you, uh, you, the name of the movie is called Love in the Fast Lane. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of hot. Both of them in the same lane together. Yeah. Throughout the uh, the movie, there are random scenes where the characters fall asleep and they dream of the clown man. But and like people are like like the editor and like after like. When you show people, they're like, this is really good. But like the, the, the clown dream parts are kind of strange. Yeah, but why do people remember the clown dream parts as opposed to the beautiful romantic Uber and Lyft parts? You scream that at them and they're like, yeah, I get it. Whatever. So uh, you have to choose your own adventure, but someone else is choosing it for you. Sometimes. No. So uh, so you have the script and you write it and um, you write it and like you kind of like give it to some people that you know uh, who can you know, show it around and stuff like that. And um, a year passes and you kind of forget that it even like, even like wrote it. Cause you have like stuff going on, mm-hmm. doing stand up, living life, stuff like that. Uh, and then uh, one day there's a, a knock on your door. What do you do? I open it. Stand there is this guy. You thought that that uh, clown in your dream was tall, but this guy is easily the tallest man you've ever seen in your life. Taller than nine feet. Yeah. Wow. He's got like a, he's wearing like a, like purple suit. He's got like a long blonde hair, but his hair, it's so blonde that it's like see-through, you know, for a moment you look at his translucent hair and you see like a, a galaxy. So blonde that it's see-through. He's like, hello, Nikita. My name is Mr. Cool. Is, and Mr. Cool is, is a, like- he's a movie producer. And basically, uh, he, the script that you wrote, Love in the Fast Lane, 
uh, it was uh, it made its way into his uh, his hands, and he read it, and he's like, "This is like a pretty good movie." He's like, uh, "I think or pretty good script, rather." He's like, "I think we can turn this into a thing." Do you have a, Do you have a moment to talk about this? Uh, if you explain why you're above nine feet tall, he's like, "Oh because- yeah," he goes, "Yeah, it's uh, it skips a generation in my family." Uh, he's like, "Yeah, like you know my um." My parents are like of average height, but my grandparents are like, they're even taller than me. Like my grandfather was 11 and a half feet tall when N- he died. No. He fell off uh, out, no, out no, of no, a no. tree and Why? died. He what? fell out of a tree and died? Yeah, he was that climbing That feels a, like a short person thing. He's like, yeah, but he was 125 feet in the air. He was 125 feet and he landed. Tall. He landed on a bed of spikes. What was he doing? He's like, look, in I don't that, have, I don't have the full story. In, I'm not in a really tree that's taller than 125 feet. That would have killed him. And he goes, yeah. And he kind of like gets a far look in, in his eye, and he goes, yes, it would have. So yeah. So do you have a, a moment to talk about this script? <sighs> yeah, because I just feel sorry for you now. Come on in. So he comes in and uh, he sits down and stuff, and he goes on to explain that he is a movie producer for uh, Lanolax Pictures. And he basically what he's what he's been doing is making um, you know movies that have like a three to four million dollar budget. Smaller, not some of them are art house films. Some of them are just normal comedy stuff like that. Uh, and he's like legit. Like you look him up and everything. And he's you actually saw one of the movies that he produced in a in a small theater. Oh yeah, I remember that. It was called um, Hippopotamus, the sequel. You watch Hippopotamus. You remember watching Hippopotamus, the sequel, and thinking to yourself, "There absolutely is a god." Yeah. Like that's how good this 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 movie is. <laughs> so you're like you're like, oh fuck, I I know your work and stuff, yeah. and, and you bring up Hi- yeah. Hippopotamus sequel, and he kind of like smiles and he's like, oh yeah, you were one of the maybe five people to see that thing, and he <laughs> smiles it. and stuff, and he's and like you can like he downplays it, but you can tell that he is that so, so touched. That you're like you brought that movie up. You can tell that movie meant a lot so to him. Proud. Yeah. Even though it didn't make a ton of money, Mm-mm. it was a passion project of for this his. fucking guy. Yeah. So he you can tell, care. and then he's like smiling and stuff. He didn't care about that ROI. Yeah. Yeah. So he basically uh, explains that like he could get this movie made. Uh, he could get like a but like a real budget and stuff. Um, he's like, you know, um, I, I like the script a lot. I have like just one or two notes, but nothing major. He's like, and then he's like, yeah, so maybe you can like put a polish on the script and we can just start filming. He's like, uh, you'll write it. Um, I'll write it. He's like, yeah, well, you haven't you know, written stuff. He's like, but what you'll do is um, you have a hand in the casting and who you pick to direct it and stuff like that. Um, well, this is quite a big promotion in the land of Hollywood. Yeah. Like you're, I started with being an actor and now I'm editing and writing a script. Yeah. So like you, you've cool. kind of like leapt to the next level basically. Wow. So uh, he's like, Hell yeah. He's like, so um, how about I'll, I can buy the script from me? He goes, here's the deal. I don't have a huge budget for this. Uh, he goes, but look, I can give you, I know it's low, but I can give you $10,000. Uh, however, if this movie makes any money, you'll get some points on the back end. If this movie makes a profit. Points? What kind of points? Um, he's like, he's like, like, oh, he's like, oh, it's just a Best term. Best Buy points? Like, <laughs> he goes, if, Chuck E. Cheese points? He goes, I'll give you $10,000 and a, a gift card to have... Best Buy for- uh, A gift card to Best Buy for my ideas? For $300 and a gift card uh, to the Darden Family Restaurant Group. Uh, 
it is worth the Darden Family Restaurant. So like Olive Garden, uh, Longhorn Steakhouse, stuff like that. Wait, what, what else? Like Outback Steakhouse is that in there? Um, he goes. Well, I'll look into it. Okay, but there's another steakhouse in it. Yeah, there's a steakhouse called. Uh, what about Eddie, the Macaroni yeah, Grill? Um, they're not part of Darden, but Macaroni Grill actually by now it's gone out of uh, business. There was a scandal. <laughs> Turned out the um, the macaroni wasn't even made there. It wasn't grilled. It wasn't even grilled, dude. Like people are pissed. So it's such a huge story that like uh, they just go out of business. All right. So my so goes, gift so is the Darden Family Restaurant Group. Mm-hmm. I can eat anywhere there. Anywhere. All right. So he's like, okay, $10,000 up front. He goes, look, again, if this makes any kind of profit, you'll get 25% of the profit. Okay. He st- sticks out his hand. Do you shake his hand? Yeah. You shake his hand. I shake his Nothing hand. Nothing happens. So basically uh, what ends up happening is they put uh, the uh, movie into production and stuff, and they're working on it. And uh, you, know, you wrote it. You did a polish and stuff like that mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. And uh, you got to... Um, Hollywood, where they're filming it. L.A., the City of Angels. Yes. That's where I'm a star. Yeah, and you f- feel like a star. Yeah. So you- uh, a damn movie. So you land and stuff, and uh, the movie's going to get started um, like the next day, basically. And you go to- uh, You kind of don't know where to go, and someone gives you a recommendation- so you go to this uh, this place. It's like a performance space. It's like a bar. It's like a restaurant. It's like a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, event center. Yeah. It's an event center kind of for adults. Uh, and uh, <laughs> it's called Lux. L-U-X. So like go- the soap. So you go there and uh, you sit down and uh, what, like, what would you order? Like, like, like bar food. Lasagna. So you order, uh, there's, a, there's a thing on the menu called Larry Larry's Lasagna. And uh, the waiter, the waitress rather, uh, walks up to you. She's like, um, hey, I'm uh, Becky Serrano. And I'll be your waitress. Ooh, Becky Serrano. She comes That's a beautiful those, name. Yeah, well, she's a beautiful woman. Yeah. She's got a jet black hair. Almost to the floor. It's the longest mm. hair you've ever seen in your fucking life. To the floor and mm. it's shiny from top to bottom. It is radiant. Wow. So, uh, so what, uh, she gets your order and stuff. Uh, you get Larry's lasagna and you go like, you're kind of like, Hey, what's, why is it called Larry's lasagna? And, uh, Larry was, um, Larry was this guy. Uh, who knew uh, the owner? They actually fought in uh, World War One and Two together. Wow! And uh, one day, uh, Larry uh, gave the owner. His name is um, his name is Jacob Hammerspeed. Orleans. And so uh, he's like, yeah. The story is that like they were in World War Two and stuff, and World War One as well. But they were like. You know, fighting Nazis and stuff, and um, in both wars. Well, no, there were Nazis in one and two, just in two. Okay, but uh, so in the oh, sorry, yeah, so in two they were in World War Two they were fighting the Nazis and stuff, 
And uh, they're hanging out in the bunkers. And uh, Larry told him, he was like, you know what? My mom growing up made the best lasagna I've ever had in my life. And he goes, I know how stupid this sounds, but I feel like the thing I miss the most is that lasagna. His mom's lasagna? Yeah. So and his la- name is Larry? So yeah. why do you call it Larry's lasagna, not so, his mom's lasagna? Because what happens is uh, he tells him like the recipe and stuff like that. And he's like, wow. He's like really touched, like writes the whole thing down. Two minutes later, uh, Larry is uh, killed. What? By the Nazis. Larry's killed by the... Wait, if Larry's killed, then shouldn't I be killed? Because I was in close proximity to him. Oh, no. This is just, this so just if the- something hit him, then it should hit me too. No, this is just the backstory. This is about World War II. So he named it in his honor. So you get Larry's lasagna and um, you get a, like a club soda. You decide to treat yourself. You get yourself a... Uh, Wait, that's my friend that I'm eating a lasagna yeah, after him? Yeah. So uh, you get the, so you sit, you sit down. The waitress comes by. She drops the lasagna off. You bite into it. It's the best yes. lasagna yes. you've ever had in your life. Oh. To the point that you, it's almost like you don't notice the figure standing in front of you. No. You swallow that lasagna and you look up. Yeah. Standing directly in front of you uh, is this woman. She is easily the most beautiful woman you have ever seen in your life. And I wouldn't have ever seen her unless my teeth were just sinking into that ricotta. Yeah. Like you almost didn't even notice. Yeah. She's got. fiery red hair and you think to yourself uh that's the type of fire that they used at troy she's got a uh, deep green eyes mm-hmm. you have a faint whiff of Wait, her perfume green eyes and red hair mm-hmm. so she's very christmasy yeah she smells just slightly of cinnamon. Wow. She's like, hey, uh, I'm the manager. My name's Lucy. I just wanted to check in with you and make sure your meal's going okay. She's the manager of what? Of Lux, the restaurant that you're at. Oh. Yeah. She's like, just wanted to house that lasagna. The best lasagna I've ever had in my life, ma'am. She's like, oh, Larry's lasagna. She's like, yeah. I bet they told you that story about I World War II. I knew Larry. She just starts he laughing. He was my best friend. She starts laughing. She's like, oh, you should be a comedian. And then she goes, oh, well, she was like, well, you know, uh, I'm going to get out of here. Just want to double check that things are going okay. And then she shakes, uh, she like sticks her hand out. Do you shake her hand? Yes. She goes, oh, yeah, uh, I'll leave my card for you. Again, the name's Lucy. Lucy Fur. You shake Wait, hands. What? So you shake hands and it's almost like you're transported. Uh after you shake your hand, uh, you have this like vision of uh Jesus Christ. He's uh he's got that scowling. He's got that uh uh cross on his back. You see people uh whipping him as he walks down. You notice uh, off to the like there's just blood. His holy blood flying everywhere. You see his mother crying. You see his friends distraught. His and then mom you look, was in the audience? Hmm? And then you look a little bit further and you see that Lucy woman standing there. And she is 
laughing. <laughs> She's in my flashbacks. She's been there the whole time. Uh, Jesus Christ looks up. He makes eye contact with you. He goes, uh, hey. You snap out of it. Uh, you're back at Lux with uh, Lucifer. And she's like, oh, what uh, What brings you to uh, L.A.? Stardom and pastries. She's like, oh, I got to tell you, there's a great pastry uh, place just down the road. Check it out. Tell them Lucy sent you. You'll probably get it for free. She like, winks at you. Uh, she's like, uh, oh, yeah, you're that woman who wrote that script, right? Yes. She's like, yeah, they told me about yeah. you. She's like, ah, oh, what a cool thing to do. She it's goes, my passion. Yeah. She goes, uh, I don't know anything else. She's like, oh, I know a little something about passion. You do? She's like, yeah, the passion of the Christ. The passion of the Christ. Isn't that, isn't that violent in nature? She, she kind of like laughs and she goes, yeah. She's like, anyway, uh, thanks uh, for coming out. Um, if you need anything, just let us know. She like walks away. And she turns around. She goes, well, just so you know, Hollywood can be kind of a crazy place. If you need anything, look, I've lived here my entire life. I can give you some guidance or something. Um, can you be my agent? She's like, well, I don't really do that, but I can like advise you and help you out and stuff. She goes, if you ever need anything, just say... Uh, Lucifer is my lord three times and I will come and, and help you out, okay? What room do I say it in? She just laughs and she just goes, <laughs> any of them. Whoa. So uh, you pay for the meal and everything. Uh, you walk outside and uh, the, you go to sleep and stuff and uh, you you have no dreams. The next day you go to like the, the set where they're, they're filming the movie and stuff like that and you're kind of hanging out. Mr. Cool, the producer, walks over. It's almost like he's taller than the last time you saw him. Yeah. He's like, uh, oh. So he's taller than nine feet. Yeah. Like even taller than before. He's like, ah, oh, Nikita, good to see you. And he kind of like uh, shows you around. Hey, Mr. Cool. He goes, hey. Hey, Mrs. Cool. Nah, just Whoa, kidding. Oh, that's a little creepy. Yeah. And he goes, no. You just assume we're married? And he goes, well, Whoa, you know. I don't know how to feel about that, man. I've just, I've been working really hard to get where I am right now and you're just gonna go and call me missus listen the whole listen, cast I worked for where I am the whole cast and crew uh, burst into applause as a bunch of cameras come out and they're <laughs> like Nikita you're on candid camera candid camera this entire 2.0 oh yeah what was the first time like in the 60s and stuff so anyway, so like you 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 uh, watch the whole thing and um, uh, and like things are actually going pretty well. Like like the movie is coming out like the way that you kind of envisioned it in your head as you were writing it. Yeah, that's amazing. Things are working well. Uh, and then um, you uh, rented uh, a car. Uh, the the well, you didn't rent it. The uh, the studio Lanolex Pictures. They uh, rented this car for you. And a Ferrari. Uh, it's a Ferrari. It's a red Ferrari. It's actually. The reddest Ferrari you've ever seen in your life. You think to yourself, the fires of hell would quake in front of this. Yes. That's a hot car. So you uh, you jump into your Ferrari and um, you start uh, driving. 
And uh, you're kind of driving for a while, and you kind of like glance up into your review mirror, and uh, you're kind of startled because in the review mirror there is a, a man sitting in the back seat. It's okay. almost like you can't look directly at his face. It's like it's a, like a like a moving plume of smoke. So how do I know it's a man if it's a smoke? Because it's just like the, like the shape of like a dude. You can just tell. So the smoke is in the shape of a dude. Oh yeah. Cool. His left eye glows red. You go, what the hell? You turn around, there's no one sitting there. You're like, oh, that was weird. And you go, oh, man, I, I probably just need to take a nap or something. While I'm driving? You, what do you think when you get back to your hotel? Okay. And then you uh, look back up into the review mirror, and it's that same man. shape. He goes, um, Smoky man. He goes, hello, Nikita. I'm the man in the back seat. He goes, where's Mr. Cool? Come on, man. I just won this car in this competition. He goes, yeah, that, that, that's all well and good. He goes, where is Mr. Cool? I need to talk to him. You'll find him. Y'all are both ethereal pieces of whatever. It'll happen. He kind of laughs a little bit and he just goes, huh, you must be new in town. No, I'm not new in town. I've been here. I just want a screenplay. <laughs> I'm. You remember uh, what uh, Lucy Fur said to you? That if you needed help, you just say. Lucy three times you in say, uh, whatever room. You say, I accept Lord Lucifer three times. Do you do it? No. Because I just got the pun. I can say Mrs. Fur, but I won't say what she wants me to say. And he just goes, that man in the backseat goes, fuck this. He makes a, a fist and uh, your car explodes in the middle of the freeway. So I'm magically dead. You're incinerated. Uh, the uh, the, your, the cool. passenger side door flies like way off the, uh, the highway. It lands uh, on top of uh, <laughs> the second oldest World War II veteran. His fucking skull is shattered. Oh my god! One of the back wheels goes flying, and it uh, it hits uh, a ice cream truck. Uh, the driver was uh, one day away from retirement, <laughs> and you're incinerated. <laughs> you fucking die. There's no afterlife. Avoid <laughs> oh, that man in his profession. You're what was he again? Who? This this man who was one day away from retirement. Oh, he was an ice cream. Oh, he truck was an driver. ice cream truck driver. Oh, Herb man. Ellison. Oh. <laughs> and you're fucking oh. dead. <laughs> okay, so I take away myself and two other hardworking people with me. Yeah. Their uh, the, their families can't afford to uh, pay for the funerals, so. Oh, come both of them, uh, the bodies are burned on the outskirts of town. Okay, good. That's environmentally nice. If they're burned. 